Welcome to Eat, Live, Love, Train. It's not a tagline, it's a lifestyle and a community of individuals devoted to food, wine, and wellness. I'm your host, Chef Shannon, executive chef, certified sommelier, and certified wellness coach. Also, proud Air Force veteran. Hashtag gratitude. As you listen, this will be one of the best moments of your week where you're entertained like a stand-up, educated like a TED Talk, and enlightened like a sermon. If you're new around here, welcome. You can find me at eatliblovetrain.com. Feel free to like, share, and subscribe. You can listen over at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Alexa TuneIn, Pandora, and Google Podcast. I appreciate you. And if you got something on your mind, feel free to DM me on Instagram at eatliblovetrain. And if you're not new, then you already know how we get down around here. If you would like to be a part of the Food, Wine, and Wellness Tribe and get routine updates and notifications on pop-ups, live streams, promos, members-only exclusive videos, podcasts, and or giveaways, be sure to get on the list to receive the newsletter. You don't want to miss out on opportunities that will enhance your kitchen game, posting skills, food and wine persona, and bring added value to both your personal and professional relationships overall. Sign up to get all these updates at eatliblovetrain.com forward slash newsletter. People living in richer parts of the world, parts of the world that are thriving within the last century, have gotten used to prosperity. This typically is accompanied by serious health risks in the form of certain types of diseases, namely civilizational diseases. In other words, countries that are thriving in abundance and in wealth and in resources are also more susceptible to diseases. Some of those diseases and ailments come in the form of obesity, heart and circulatory system disorders, high blood pressure, diabetes, cancer, kidney and gallbladder disorders, and even dementia. However, Vegans and vegetarians have a much lower risk of civilizational diseases. How and why? Plenty of research has been conducted and has proven that following a vegetarian diet can bring out very positive effects. Let's take a look at obesity. It's showing that there's a link between vegetarian diets and lower BMI levels. Okay, BMI being body mass index, which measures obesity. Scientists explain that in reality, by the fact that vegetarians eat generally fewer fats through their diet, particularly animal fats and proteins, but they also have more fiber and vegetables, which helps in digestion and weight optimization. In regards to heart and circulatory system diseases, vegans and vegetarians die less of isomatic heart disease and have lower risk of developing cardiovascular disease. Vegans and vegetarians also tend to have lower cholesterol. In fact, they tend to have higher nutrients such as vitamin E and C, which helps prevent cardiovascular disease. Vegans also tend to have lower blood pressure than those that consume meat. Studies have shown that non-vegetarians who ate plant-based diets for a period of time saw the blood pressure decrease. Doctors also conclude that even the slightest decrease in blood pressure can greatly reduce the risk of death. 
diabetes is another modern pandemic with serious health consequences, and plant-based diets can help with this as well, greatly so. Simply put, vegans and vegetarians consume more fiber, more vegetables, and have lower BMI levels, both of which improve insulin sensitivity. Vegetarians also have a general lower occurrence of tumorous diseases. They're also less susceptible to the risk of cancers of the lung, uterus, breast, stomach, prostate, intestinal, and rectal. As a result, a high intake of fiber and a better healthier environment in the large intestine and more regular bowel movements in vegetarians are used as arguments for the lower occurrence of intestinal tumors. When it comes to kidney disease, a high protein intake can worsen kidney diseases and it's beginning to show that by consuming plant-based protein, it's less demanding on the kidneys as opposed to animal-based protein. In regards to dementia, according to research, people who eat meat have a much greater two to three times chance of developing dementia. The reason is believed to lie in the higher amount of antioxidants in vegetarian diets and the accompanying lower blood pressure and cholesterol levels. On the other hand, it is important for vegetarians to especially consider their intake of enough vitamin B12. Lack thereof results in a deficiency. Furthermore, according to research, vegetarians also have a 50% lower chance of developing gallstones. Once again, this is a result of higher fiber intake and lower fat intake from food. Another risk factor to consider when consuming meat is that in meat, there tends to be a higher growth in bacteria which produce toxic metabolites which weaken the intestinal walls. So if you plan on going vegan or becoming a vegetarian, please keep this under consideration as well. When we stop consuming meat in the long term, we need to replace it with something else so as not to lose an important source of amino acids, iron, and especially vitamin B12. B12 deficiency tends to be pretty high throughout vegans. As such, I'm not saying it's good, I'm not saying it's bad, I'm saying it is a great choice when you make an educated choice. So how do you replace meat? What are some foods that I can consume? Well, there are many of vegetables and legumes that you can choose. So let's take a look at them. These range from legumes, lentils, beans, peas, chickpeas, soy, cereals, quinoa, nuts, seeds, milk and eggs, mushrooms, eggplants, cauliflower, and seafood. And although for me personally, I don't think I'll ever go 100% vegan, but I don't consume a lot of red meat anyway, I tend to eat a lot of fish. And I typically will eat fish four to five times a week as my main entree. So, would any of you ever consider becoming 100% vegan or part-time vegan, flexitarian? Now, when it comes to soy, something that I really want you to consider is that just because it's soy does not make it healthy. Most of the soy products consumed here in the United States have one, GMOs, two, high levels of hexane, which is a toxin, and then three 
are high in omega-6s. And we as Americans consume too much of omega-6. And as a result of that, it causes an imbalance in the body. Refer to some of my earlier podcasts where I go in depth about that. Now, there are additional reasons as well when it comes to soy. Do yourself due diligence and do your own research. In fact, there are two papers I'd like for you to take a look at. One, it is peer-reviewed and substantiated, and it focuses on soybean. In fact, it's called Soybean, Feed Quality and Safety. And then part two is Pathology of Soybean Feeding in Animals. If you go under akjournals.com, again, that's akjournals.com. Under their search, you'll find it under there. Okay, and then the second report that I'd like for you to check out and do your own due diligence and research, as always, is the Soy Report and Scorecard by the Cornucopia Institute. And here they capture Organic Soy Brand Scorecard, the full report, the executive summary, the scorecard criteria, and it breaks it down into a comprehensive report with part one and part two. And it also addresses um, some of the things that go on with the USDA. So check it out. Do your own due diligence, as always, because I certainly do mine and have been doing it for years, even when I was active duty, especially when I was active duty. So I want to share some things with my audience. As such, I'm not trying to influence you one way or another, except to say, be educated, whatever you decide. These are my thoughts, and I'm curious to hear what you have to say on the subject matter. Feel free to send your comments or questions to chef-coach at eatlivelovetrain.com or you can DM me on Instagram at eatlivelovetrain. As always, I appreciate you tuning in, and remember, we are a reflection of what we eat. I'll see you next time.